Good morning, good morning, and welcome to this week's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. You know, this is our video and podcast show that we put together a little while ago, and it was created to inspire our audience and the students that we serve, right, through the stories and journeys of business and community leaders and entrepreneurs as they share their ingredients to success. I'm Laurie Salarulo. I am your host of the show, and it's my honor to be the president and CEO of Junior Team in the South Florida. You know, I've learned so much from these interviews, and I hope you have too. If you've missed any of our shows or want to go back and check out some past episodes, you can certainly do that at jsouthflorida.org. You know, this month we celebrate Women's History Month. This month is a time to reflect on the courage, the experiences, and the accomplishments of the determined and heroic women who came before us. It's also a time to acknowledge that there is still much work to be done in the movement toward uh, gender equality. At JA, our vision is that every young child will be prepared with the education, training, and opportunity to be prosperous and successful. And you know what? This year, uh, we've really amped up our focus on our girls. It is so important because this month is also about celebrating the girls and the women that will come behind us and who will follow in our footsteps. So this month, I am just so thrilled to be featuring all women guests on our show. And I have the pleasure today of uh, inviting and, and introducing you to someone that I've known her family for a long time. And so it is just such a pleasure to spend some time with her. She's following in her mother's footsteps. Robin Raphael Dinan has achieved incredible success and become a well-respected executive in the traditionally male-dominated construction industry. She is with RCC Associates, now their president. And so help me welcome Robin Raphael Dinan. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? I am awesome, how are you? Great. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is very exciting. Well, you know, listen, I I was talking with you and mom on a virtual call recently and said, we're going to start getting Robin out there, right? It's always Beverly. Um, and I love Beverly. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's, I feel like one of, I can't say I feel like one of her daughters because I'm too old to be her daughter. <laughs> I think she's only 49, right? Because she looks it. That's what she um, tells me. That's right. That's what my mom tells me too. So, um, <laughs> Uh, but it does remind me of my mom, uh, blonde, sharp, right? Uh, that just that superpower woman that, that yeah. we love. That I think growing up, and so that I'm going to go right into that for a second. You know, growing up under a strong, strategic, I'll use the word powerful and influential woman, um, you know, sometimes can be daunting for some people, right? And very intimidating. Um, I, I can relate, um, but I didn't feel that way. Share a little bit about, right, what has it been like for you to work with your mom? Um, and we'll go back to some of the story, but just in general, what's that been yeah. like? Um, well, at first when I entered the company, there's they are huge shoes to fill. Um, and Bev, my mom, um, has such a style and grace about her that, you know, I wanted to figure out how to emulate, but in my own way, with my own style, um, our personalities have always been very, very similar. So our, so our way of dealing with people, but I never felt like I, like I couldn't figure out my own way. I never felt daunted. My mom is super humble and every, 
every lesson she's ever taught us is that she didn't do any of it by herself. It was always the people that she surrounded herself with. And she never accepted an award without telling everyone that she was surrounded by the best of the best in the business. And I don't, I think, you know, that trickled down to me in terms of there's no way you can run a construction company without having amazing people by your side. It's not a one man show. Right. So. Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, for me, it wasn't daunting, but I know that for some girls, sometimes living up to their mom, right? We're so fortunate. Well, and my mom is a very, um, she tells me every single day how proud she is. I, I mean, she is constantly, constantly giving you affirmations. She's done it for everybody in the company. But I mean, even last night we were in a meeting together this week and she she made a point to call me and say, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so happy I'm here watching everything happen. And, you know, I just think that's that's her way of keeping me, you know, boosting me up. And so it's it's a great feeling. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, I, I can relate to that. And, you know, my mom and I are in education, but in different fields, you guys are working right together in the same company. Um, and so tell me your journey to president of RCC. How did that start? What made you want to go into the, to the family business? You know, talk a little bit about the journey. Um, so I went to Florida State when I graduated. Um, I went into PR and marketing in a firm in Palm Beach, um, right on Worth Ave. And I loved it. I did a lot of event planning and we were we specialized in high end um, luxury residential developers um, that were booming in that West Palm Beach market. I ended up going to an ICSE, which is a shopping center convention in Las Vegas that my mom and dad had always gone to. They never missed a year. Um, I went out there and there were a bunch of people from RCC and we all met. They kept telling me about the company and they said, come on, come in. I will teach you. We need you. And I took a big risk. Um, and I joined the family business, but I was pretty um, determined to do it the right way, just because I've heard so many horror stories about family businesses. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom and, and I have such a close relationship. The last thing I wanted to do was, you know, damage it in any kind of way. Um, so I started as a project coordinator from from the very most entry level position in the company. And I just put in the work. I tried not to tell anybody, you know, it was my family business and just kind of earned my stripes as I got them. And and it, it ended up being very natural. I, I to this day, I, I really can't believe that I know what I know about construction because I never thought I would be able to figure it out. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So as you worked your way up, you know, what were some of the things that helped you right along the way? Um, well, I did, I've had a lot of mentors. Um, my mom's obviously one mentor of mine. I remember sitting in her office in the early days, just listening to her talk on the phone, just listening to how she talks about RCC, how she... Um, communicates with people, tells our story. 
And then I also have had a lot of other mentors that have been within the company that are still right along my by my side right now that were project managers that I was able to be their assistant and go to the meetings with them and ride in the car with them. And I was like a little sponge. I would just write notes. And I remember coming home saying, this is a completely different language. I'm never going to be able to learn this. Um, but my, and my husband, my husband was in construction at the time as well. And so he was a huge support system for me. And he said, come on, you can do it. And I would ask him all my little questions of stuff that I was too embarrassed to ask anybody else. So that was actually very, very helpful too. Yeah, that's always a good thing, right? Having that person yeah. on the side. Yeah. Um, when, when Mike and I started dating and I entered into the nonprofit world, because before my kids, I had been in the corporate world, um, I kind of did the same thing. I wouldn't ask the questions at the at the board meetings or the committee meetings or whatever. I would come home and I'd be like, so how does this work? Explain to right. me. And, and he was just so amazing. And I, I don't know what I would have done without him. So yeah, yeah having that person by your side, that support system is so important. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure it wasn't all peaches and cream, though. Um, I mean... You know, coming up in a man's world, as you said, is not the easiest thing. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges, some of the pushback, right? Some of the obstacles that you might have come across. One of them was I was really young when I started in the business. I was right out of college. I was only 23 years old. So I felt like I was I was young. I naturally have a little bit of a baby voice. So I always felt like, OK, I got to get to 30. I got to get to to, to feel a little bit more um, like I earned my, my seat at the table, so to speak. Um, I got used to being the only girl in the meeting quickly. That didn't really bother me. Um, I think I learned that also from my mom. She, she kind of had that mentality of, you know, going under the radar, they're never going to expect you to know what you know. Don't speak unless you have something important to say. And so I kind of adopted that quickly. Um, but I've definitely had my fair share of funny comments that I've heard from, you know, talking to men on a job site saying, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. A woman in construction? I don't understand, you know. Um, and I just laugh it off. I actually think it's really funny. It never really hurt my feelings or anything. I just chalk it up to them not really getting with the times, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it is funny. I think you're right. I think it's sometimes we take things too personally. Yeah. Um, and uh, so if we just kind of laugh it off, you know, and sometimes it's just like you said, I think it's just lack of education and lack of understanding that you know, pretty much anybody can do anything if they set their mind to it, right? And have the training and all that. And I was brought up in a house where my dad really, really believed that women had a huge part in construction from, and, and I remember this just from being young, he always hired a lot of women in the company because he thought that women were organized, had great time management, were able to multitask. And, you know, some of those ingredients, I guess you could say, were, they are essential to being able to manage a project, a large scale project in, in any, in any um, type of business. So yeah. I, I always knew that, that there were, there was a reason that women were in the workforce. 
Oh, for sure. So you mentioned the word multitask. <laughs> Sometimes on Facebook, I know you, you're, you know, I feel like I know your children just from, from all of that. Uh, you know, and you're certainly multitasking, right? <laughs> and so family, friends, work, you know, all of those things, right? The children, I'm sure there's outside things that you do uh, in conjunction with RCC, right? Professionally. How do you multitask at all, right? right? Oh my What's your attitude towards it all? Well, I made a commitment to myself. I have a 13-year-old daughter and I have a nine-year-old son and a husband, of course. And the four of us are very, very close. We're together all the time. So for me, I made a commitment that my family was going to come first and I take them to all their sports practices. They try not to miss any games. Um, they both play their own sports. So I'm running around from one to the other all the time. Um, and I do think it's really important to have really good girlfriends. I have, I'm so lucky. I've surrounded myself with amazing, amazing girlfriends that I've been best friends with since college. Um, and I have to make time for that. I need that for like myself, my soul. Right. Um, and it's just creating that environment where you're still able to have fun. I, I do believe in that work hard, play hard. And I think it all really intertwines with each other. If you're not happy, I think it's really hard to be happy at work. If you're not happy at home, I think yeah. it's important that you, you know, have, have everything well balanced. Yeah. And you know what? <clears throat> One of the things that I had to learn at the beginning of this, of balancing all of that, and I don't believe that there's a balance, right? Yeah. There are times when family has to have more attention and time when yeah. times when work has more attention and, you know, whatever that might be. So I, I don't ever think things are equal, right? Equally in balance. Yeah, but, and some days are harder than other days. Yes, absolutely. And I think, so I always, you know, I think I was always that person that, like my friend said to me the other day, he said, you are like the person who has to be there and take care of everyone. And you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Right. right? So some days you just have to say, not perfect. Yep. Doing the best I can. Right. And be okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm really open with my kids about it too. You know, they, I feel like sometimes they know everything that's happening at RCC in real time because we talk about it a lot and, you know, we talk about our day and, and I'm not afraid to say I had a really stressful day at work or I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z. And, you know, they're so funny because they end up kind of, they, they end up giving me like little business advice and it's cute. But I think that, you know, through the pandemic and see, you know, we, when everything shut down and I was working from home, they got a different perspective of what I do every single day, even though they were in school and I was on, in my room on my computer. Um, but I think it gave them a different sense of, okay, this is really what, you know, mom does every day. And so we better do what we need to do. She needs to do what she needs to do. And it, it actually kind of helped them understand, um, you know, what mom and dad have to do every single day while they're at school. 
Yeah. So, and what I hear in that is communication, um, a lot of communication and being honest and open with them. But we're going to take a quick break and we're going to let that simmer. Um, and so I'm going to turn this over to Chris. He's going to show us a little uh, promotion on Girls Rule. Hi, I'm Kara Golden. I'm founder and CEO of Kint, and I'm super, super excited to be the keynote speaker at the Girls Who Rule launch event on March 16th. So I hope you'll be joining me. She is so cute. I have gotten to know her a little bit over the last month or so when I reached out to ask her if she would speak uh, at the event. And thank you uh, to you and, and your mom and, and RCC Associates for being a part of uh, Girls Rule and being one of our sponsors. Really excited about this event. And, and it kind of leads into the next part of what I wanted to kind of talk about. Um, you know, not only is this event, will we hear from Kara and about her book and how she overcomes doubts and fears. And, and, you know, there were a lot of people who thought she should not go try to build this water company that she wanted. Right. Um, you know, how did, so two things I really want to touch on. One is, do you ever feel like, oh my God, can I really do this? You know, <laughs> afraid. You know, I think our young girls see us today yeah. and I think we're so much more confident, right? And, and and secure about who we are today. They didn't see us when we were their age. But I think even today, we still have those fears and doubts. Absolutely. I walked out of a meeting yesterday and I was like, who am I? How did I, how am I doing this? This is everything I thought I never would want to do. Um, I hate public speaking. I hate being in front of an audience and I do it every single day with work and um, you know, I never thought I would have the confidence to be on a job site and have a meeting with, you know, 20 grown men that are, you know, in their profession and I'm telling them what I think they need to do differently. Um, I was I was really nervous every time I was promoted to a different position within RCC. I remember when I was a project coordinator, I said, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm really comfortable. I love it. And my mom was like, no, no, no. Now it's time to be a project manager. And she just kept pushing me and pushing me. And it was funny because the last push was, okay, it's time. I'm ready to do this. And I, and I was there on my own without anybody pushing me. So it's like, it's just it's more of a story of like personal growth more than anything else. Um, really conquering those things that you're so uncomfortable with and just sitting in it and forcing yourself to do it over and over again until you're comfortable. And yeah. it's, it's a daily challenge. And that's where our confidence comes from, right? Yeah. Because as we do it and we get better and we succeed, yeah. then we go, oh, I can do this, right? And so when that happens once, twice, three times, I think then we you know, we, we build that confidence and security yeah. and that's what our young girls need to hear. You just have to go out there and try. Right. And, and believe me, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm sure that as I look back, there was a time where, you know, maybe it didn't work and maybe I didn't do as well as I thought I might do, but there was so much growth and learning that yeah. came out of that. Maybe that wasn't the right thing for me. I actually learned what I was more suited for. Right. 
Well, and, and I've made tons of mistakes. And in construction, it's really easy to make mistakes. And, you know, they're, it's really expensive mistakes. So then you feel really, really, really bad when you do. And so it's, it was really more about figuring out exactly how what happened happened so that I didn't do it again. You know, and I'm a big believer in just taking responsibility for it, owning it, not being defensive. I think that just makes the whole situation that much worse. Um, and just really kind of feeling it and feeling that, you know, embarrassment or pain of the mistake. And that's that feeling that makes you never do it again. Exactly. <laughs> <In> my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that taking responsibility thing and being accountable, it's like my pet peeve, I think. It just, you know what? It's okay. Just say you made a mistake, right? Like it's not the end of the world. But when you lie, yeah, when you lie or you get defensive or you blame other people, and then I just say, yeah, that's a, that's a pet peeve for me. So somebody, by the way, I want to tell you that somebody in our audience, when you were talking about the balancing of, you know, all of the different things in your life and the multitasking, said that they it was exactly what they needed to hear today. So thank oh, you for that. And then uh, somebody else watching asked, so with real estate booming in many states like Florida, does RCC have a residential division? Wow, well, that's plan out doing a residential division. So we actually do. We have RCC luxury homes, um, and we're really breaking into that market. That's one of our focuses um, for the next year, and I see it really being a huge part of our a part of our company um, going forward with with everybody moving in from all over the country. Um, it and we're able to to maybe build in a little bit of a different way than than some residential developers just because we're so used to our speed on a commercial project and so it's combining all of those elements and um figuring out how to get people into their homes turnkey maybe quicker than um other companies can do it figuring mm. that side of it out so that's been our newest challenge and it's it's been really exciting so it's interesting you have rcc has been known at least i know you as really focused on restaurants and yeah. uh, that industry um uh, is in in everything that's been happening especially during covid although you still have had several projects during covid uh, mm -hmm. that i've seen the signs and i've seen you at the openings and all that stuff so i kind of keep an eye on what's happening but so are, did this make you realize or did you already know that you needed to diversify, right, and build your portfolio to more than just restaurants absolutely. in the industry? Yeah, ab absolutely. We we had known that for a while, that we can't just be dependent on one, um, one line of work. And so, you know, it used to be retail for us. We were known for building the high-end Chanel and Gucci and... Um, on Worth Avenue and in Bell Harbor. And, and we saw that, okay, first we diversified into the restaurants. We brought, we brought in spas and hotels in and we're about to start our, um, our biggest hotel project we've ever done. We're gonna be starting in the next couple months down in Coconut Grove at the Mayfair. So it's really, it's all kind of coming together. Um, and it's interesting because they're, the, the reason that they want to go with us is just the pure transparency of, you know, here it is, 
good or bad, let's figure it out together, um, that kind of approach. But, you know, we did realize early on, we can't just pigeonhole ourselves into one, one type of building. We have to yeah. be open. I know just recently, you I think you finished, I think it's finished now, because uh, I saw some ads for it, uh, the I want to call it a food court uh, up in Delray Beach, uh, which so is a new almost trend. Done. Almost done. It should be opening next month, um, but it's a food hall, and we've built a lot of food halls um, all over the country. So that's a very exciting, um, very large scale project, and it's always fun for us when when we get to build them in our backyard because then we get to actually go and enjoy them. Yeah. So. So it's interesting, you know, who would have thought, right, that we would have like, you know, we had food courts, right, in the in the malls. But so how do you stay ahead of the trends, right? How do you know what's coming? Well, we have a mate. First of all, we have amazing business developers that work within our company and they are fantastic at what they do. They're constantly feelers out there, keeping their pulse on um, their finger on the pulse of what's going on. And, and we're, we're constantly educating ourselves about, I mean, even during COVID, our focus was, okay, how do we tell, how do we share the knowledge between all of our restaurant clients? How do you make a restaurant safe to open back up? How, giving them the ideas, giving them the tools and not just um, kind of hiding it for yourself, really sharing it with everybody so that they can all prosper from it. Because this was such a challenging time for restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly was. So, so what it's, what that tells me is you don't just build it and go, okay, bye-bye. That customer service, that continuous, right. Continuously taking care of the people that you've built for, they become part of your RCC family. It sounds like. They really are. And, you know, we have an in-house service department, so that helps us take care of everybody. But my phone rings all the time if, if something goes wrong. It is a hands-on approach that we take where it's we're not just building it, goodbye, see you later. I mean, actually, we're probably pretty annoying because we like to go constantly. We're texting them saying, can we get a reservation? Can we get in? Can we get in? Um, and then... We, we don't want to just build one. We want to build all of them. We want to build their second and their third. And it's really awesome getting to see some of these restaurants that have been able to figure out how to operate right now. They are starting to go, okay, we figured this out. Okay, RCC, come in. I need you to give me a budget for the third floor of this building, or I want to build something here. And they're, they're really back on their feet. And it's so it's so nice to see that. Yeah, I was on a meeting the other day and um, one of the big restaurant tour uh, people here in Broward said that some of the restaurants are having their best year ever, believe it or not. Um, and so so that was really good to hear. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think what I hear you saying is uh, that isn't just get the business, build the building or the restaurant and that's it. It's about building relationships. Absolutely. That, right. that was something that my dad had instilled in everybody back from the very beginning. Our, our, we're a people business, 100%. Uh, most of my job is just making sure that 
all of our talent, all of our um, project managers and superintendents get what they need from us. They're the, we're the support staff. Yeah. They're the yeah. ones that are out yeah. on the front lines representing us. And if we don't give them what they need, they can't do a great job. And we're only as good as our last job. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. You know, I want to touch on one, uh, just a couple of last things. One is, um, you know, I, I know that you got, you all are, and your family has been um, involved in the community uh, and yes. giving back. Right. Um, Habitat for Humanity, the women's uh, build now girls rule. And I know there's a whole bunch it. of things that, that you're involved in and that your mom is involved in an RCC and Lindsay is how I met her was through leadership Broward. Um, and so talk a little bit about that and, and why, and you know, is that important and why and how and all of that? It's just, it's so important. It's so important. It's important for personal growth more than anything. For me, I, you know, what has really um, attracted me to the Habitat for Humanity organization is really getting to be hands-on with meeting the families, meeting the kids that get to live in the houses, um, watching them pick the color of their room. Um, it's enlightening. Um, it really makes you appreciate everything you have. And, you know, just from signing your name on the, on the plywood that it, the build that the house is being made of and know that you, know, you had a part in giving a family their first home. It's so powerful. And yeah, I worked for Habitat for six years here in Broward. And so I, I agree, it's very powerful. And I just think it's really important to, if you have a vehicle like a company, you really, it's your responsibility to, to give back into the community and be a part of, be a part of philanthropy. I don't think that, you know, if you don't do that, you're really, it's a missed opportunity for everybody within your company as well. We've been able to give everybody that experience of giving back and, and it does feel good. It, yeah. makes, it gives you some purpose in life as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, the research shows there are so many benefits for employees, for the community, for you, you know, for the businesses to develop new relationships, blah, blah, blah. There's all those those things. But I think at the end of the day, the best thing is what you just said, right? Yes. It feels good um, to know that you're making a difference in people's lives. So um, and then the last thing I want to touch on, because you mentioned your daughter earlier. I have two also, one boy, one girl. Uh, and, you know, with my daughter, it's really interesting I didn't think that she was always watching. And sometimes she was one of those teenage girls that sometimes we, we kind of butt heads a little bit. Um, and I thought she wasn't listening and she was just, you know, like tuning me out and all that. But at the end I'm watching her and she was definitely listening and watching. Yeah. Talk about that because that is like this girl's event. Like when you come on the 31st, the launch is great, but the real meat and potatoes is on the 31st when we will have the opportunity to, to mentor those four to 500 girls. They will listen to us. They will yeah. watch us. Talk Absolutely. about that. For a second. Um, I'm really, really lucky in, in, in so many ways, but my daughter and I are very, very close. Luckily she and I think much like my mom and I did. And we don't butt heads, luckily. And so going through this like teenage process with her, I, I did not expect it to be like this, but 
she wants, she is listening and she's watching and she's asking me for advice. And she's texting me sometimes from school saying, what do you think I should do about this? Because she sees that I handle situations in uh, maybe a, a delicate way. And that means the world to me, knowing that she feels comfortable to come and talk to me. Um, that's just everything. And you know, she even joined a group in her school called Girls Up. And I was so proud of her. She did it completely on her own. And so it, she's seeing it. She understands how important it is. And she has opinions. And she knows exactly what she wants to do. Um, and she has surrounded herself with a beautiful group of, of good, great girlfriends. And I just, she's she's got that balance that she needs just being in seventh grade. And that makes me so happy. I yeah. love, I love yes, that. Great role models for sure. So, so I mean, grandma too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was including grandma in that too. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read some of the ingredients to your success. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, for your main ingredient to success. And it might be one of these. So uh, some of the things that you talked about was finding your own style, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting from the very beginning, right? Um, that you never do it by yourself. It's always a team of people. Put in the work. You talked about mentors and listening and learning from them. Uh, having that support system, right? Your husband, your family, uh, the experts around you. Uh, earn your seat at the table. I thought that was great um, that you took that away from, from your mom. Um, uh, laugh it off, right? Don't take ourselves so seriously. Time management, organization, girlfriends, the power of our girlfriends, so important. Make time for you, right? And filling your soul. Uh, work hard, play hard, appreciate what you have, right? Grateful, uh, gratitude, giving back, uh, which has act actually helped you in your personal growth, communication, clear, transparency, facing your fears, conquering the uncomfortable. I love that line. That was a good one. Uh, learn from the mistakes, take responsibility, uh, keep yourself educated, right? Keep learning. Treat your clients like your family and building relationships. I'm sure that if we kept talking, there would be so many more ingredients. Those are pretty powerful. Um, and that's a pretty powerful recipe. But I always ask everyone at the end, so what dining, Raphael, Raphael Diamond, what are your main ingredients to success? Um, I think for me, and going back to my finding my own style has really been having compassion for the people that we work with every single day and knowing that everybody has their own battles going on outside of the office and really understanding how to shore people up when they need that help and and having that compassion that mm. you know you can't do it all on your own and you have to you have to be able to jump in and help and so I think with business, it can be so black and white um, and there is so much gray. And I I think part of my style with compassion has been being able to jump in and help where needed. No one, um, even if it wasn't something that normally a president of a company would do, um, just having that compassion, jumping in and just doing whatever it takes to help the people that you work with. 
Yeah. And I mean, construction, like other things, I mean, it's so results driven, right? It's, it's all about timetables and, you know, hitting deadlines and all of that. And so it can be pretty intense to making sure that you are compassionate around all of that while still getting, hopefully, right, hitting the deadlines and the timeline. And being empathetic to our customers during this time was, was another kind of form of the compassion, which was, it was easy in the very beginning to say, oh my God, the sky is falling. What are we going to do? We're, we're in construction for restaurants. And we, we all took a pause and said, hold on, but we're really not, we're not a restaurant. The restaurants are the ones that are really, really suffering and trying to figure out how to pivot and work in this environment. And so, you know, I think just just having that frame of mind really gave our clients, you know, I said, we want to be your partner right now. We, we understand what you guys are going through. What can we do to help? Yeah. Yeah. So important. Well, I have had such an amazing morning. Getting you. you better. Cause I don't know if your mom told you we went on a retreat one time with our Vistage group and you know, they're all doing their thing, whatever. And her and I were in the pool. I mean, shriveled like prunes, okay, for probably three to four hours talking about kids and family. And we just, at the end of that retreat, we had such a bond. Um, And so I would say not like a mother, daughter, but like sisters, really tight knit, close sisters. Um, And I I treasure that. And so um, so I'm just so happy that I've also gotten the chance to know you. Thank you for for coming on today. Um, And you know, I'm going to keep coming out there and getting you pulled in. Um, And I love you. Part of me pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, well, I'm here to help in any way that I can. Um, And um, thanks again. I really appreciate your opening up and sharing with us your journey, right? And your ingredients to success. Well, we just think the world of you, Lori, and everything that you do and keep doing. And we're here for you every step of the way. Thank you. Give mom a hug for me. And thanks everyone for watching. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. Have a great day.